Hello everyone, I'm Mark Humes, the Dungeon Master for the Knights of Evening Star, and welcome to the audio podcast of this live Dungeons & Dragons game. Uh, for the next 12 weeks, as we explore the politics, the mystery, and the wonder of the nation of Cormyr, joining me for these epic Arthurian adventures of awesomeness are my good friends, Anna Prosser, Shady Penguin, Mika Burton, and Nate Sharp. Um, and we will also have our mysterious white text friend who will be chipping in with plenty of sassy commentary throughout the game. And fingers crossed, this one stays live, eh? Let's, let's, let's hope that that happens. Um, Yay. Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hi. We're live. We're here. Yay, We're here to play some D&D. It's we happening. Did it. <laughs> it kind of doesn't feel uh, real. Is that, is that weird to say? I know. It's, it's been planned for so long, and finally <laughs> it's here. So, yeah. Welcome, friends. Uh, how are you guys all doing? All well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh we see a lot of people in the chat already commenting on uh how how elfy we all are. <laughs> Oops, all elves. Whoops. Oops, all elves, yes. You guys uh completely by accident managed to all make a party of very pretty, wonderful elven people, um, of various uh types. Uh I still don't quite know how you guys managed to do it without coordinating with each other, but never mind. Yeah, um it works. Yeah. We all wanted to be hot elves within our hearts, and then it happened, you know? Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't want to be a hot elf in their heart, you know? How did you say it, Mika? We, we like our food leafy and our ears pointy? Yes, that's yes. <laughs> yeah. We like our food leafy and our ears pointy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is, this is uh, I, uh, Shady, Shady Penguin joining us. Is this the first streamed D&D game, Shady? You need to unmute yourself. It's going to be those those This habits. whole time, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Sitting here awkwardly pantomiming. Um, yeah, I was. this is my first uh, time on twitch.tv slash D&D. Uh, I've done hey, a couple streaming games, welcome. but not. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah I so, guess. Uh, should we introduce ourselves each? Like, I realized oh, that right. maybe I, people absolutely. don't know who we are. Absolutely. Let's because I did a little bit of mine at the beginning, but yeah, go around. Um, because I just mentioned your names, I probably should have done a more like you may know Anna from blah blah blah, but we can do that now. So, how about we do that? <laughs> Let's start with Shady because he was just just the one introduced. Sure, okay, that, that's fair. Hi, guys, my name is Shady Penguin. You can call me Shady or Shady Works, and uh, <laughs> I do things on the internet, uh, play some video games, I scream at uh, screens, and I roll dice. So, it'll be fun to be here. Perfect. Exactly the type of person we need. Uh, uh, do, is this popcorn? Pick. Do I do I just pass it to someone? Oh yeah. You pass it, Shady. Okay. Throw the mic. Mika, Mika. Oh there hi. Uh, my name is Mika Burton. You may know me from internet things like cosplay and Overwatch League and Critical Role and uh oh god yeah I, I like things <laughs> even though I'm playing an elf. Um. I feel like I'm in like AA or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Nate! <laughs> You're, it's a safe place, Mika. It's fine. It's <laughs> thank fine. You, thank you. All right, Hello. Nate, go. I am Nathan Sharp, a.k.a. Nate Wants to Battle, and I want to play Dungeons and Dragons, Popcorn Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. To the point. I am Anna Prosser. You might know me as an esports host and a fellow D&D player. I play a lot with Acquisitions Incorporated and the C team. You have seen Nate and I previously on Dice Camera Action, which also uh, Mark guested on at one point, used to be on this channel at this time. Um, and you have seen all of us together play um, a few episodes of a campaign called Torch. And this is not Torch. This is a totally new project. We wanted to bring you some content live streamed to watch while you are stuck at home like we are. So we hope yeah. you really, really like it. And now uh, popcorn back to Mark. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, I was very kindly. Anna and, and the crew asked me to come and GM for them, uh, which I was very honored by. Uh, I know that I've got some very big shoes to fill uh, left by Mr. Christopher Perkins, but I hope that you will enjoy the game anyway. Uh, and yeah, you might know me. I'm the dungeon master for a show called High Rollers, uh, which is our UK D&D show with a bunch of my friends. Um, you may also know me from Critical Role, like Mika. I was a guest character in, in their uh, second campaign. Um, as well as, yeah, various things with D&D Live and appearing in all sorts of other shows as well. Uh, and now you get to see me, GM, for these lovely folks. Shall we play some Dungeons & Dragons? Oh my friends? god, it's been so long. Yes, please, yes. please. <laughs> god, yes. Okay. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of a setup here, and then I'll throw it over to you guys to introduce your characters. Cormir, the Forest Kingdom. The land of the purple dragon is a nation far to the east of the infamous Sword Coast. Its lands are filled with humans and elves who once united against the ancient black worm Thorglorimogorus, the Black Doom. <laughs> and it now stands as a nation of courage that has withstood wars, disasters, and invasions time and time again. The high road stretches from the western side of the Stormhorn mountain range to the city of Arabel. The landscape is beautiful, with sweeping hills to the north, bountiful farmlands all around, and to the south, the famed King's Forest. Amidst the ancient green boughs of the wood are patches of purple, where it is said the blood of Thorgalore stained the leaves as a reminder of Cormir's past courage. At the head of a small unit of young knights, four figures stand out. Uh, your characters have all been traveling on the road for a few days now, having traveled up from the capital city of Suzale. And I would like you all individually, and I'll throw it to uh, two of you in specifically, I'd like you to tell us about your character, what they look like, and what they might be doing as they are traveling along the high road. And I would like to begin with the two crown silver siblings uh agnes and tarkal which is anna and shady so anna do you want to lead us uh, as as the vet of this sort of thing sure i imagine agnes is probably um walking pretty confidently a few steps ahead of tarkal and probably trying to give him some instruction about what to expect out here in the forest among the people um and knowing that they both come from the same family via different ways. Um, she's trying to instruct him on how to live a life that is not like you live with the nobility, making a lot of assumptions about what he thinks is important. Um, and she, she um, walks very agilely and mm -hmm. she's a druid. So she's got this wild red hair with lots of braids and bits and bobbles and druidy type things in it. She um, is dressed fashionably but functionally and you can tell that she tries to look like she lives this kind of bohemian lifestyle but coming from the nobility that she does her mm -hmm. clothes betray a bit of uh wealth and she has an air of kind of like heat about her as she is a wildfire druid so she's um she's walking along confidently as though she knows what she's doing okay and tackle and Tarkal is a uh, rogue, a little bit of a widow's peak. You guys can see his profile. Uh, light skin, <laughs> long hair, a couple braids in there. Um, if he's walking down this road, he probably has his hood up. Essentially, whenever he's 
uh, traveling or he's not in conversation with someone important, his hood's usually over his head. Um, so his hair would be tucked in mostly. And he probably is walking a little less confidently and kind of more, I don't want to say nervous, but but he really wants to do a good job. So he might be overcompensating a little bit with his with his posture, with his step. Uh, and while listening to Agnes kind of say what's important, uh, having had conversations with Agnes in the past, uh, understands that she, their ideologies are a little bit different. The things that he values uh, is a little bit different as far as he he really respects nobility. So he kind of he kind of listens. Uh, he's pretty happy that Agnes is walking up front because she can't see when he rolls his eyes and whatnot. So it's, it's <laughs> definitely it's definitely a good thing that they're not side by side. Yeah, perfect. Uh, behind those two, then, or perhaps maybe not, maybe not behind, maybe up front, we have uh, we have Azara uh, Mithras. Mika, tell us about Azara. Uh, I if I may, I feel like Azara would be sitting side saddle on a horse, not one to sure. uh, walk many walk. places. Sure. Um, as she's riding in front to make sure that there's no danger ahead, uh, she's checking her her dress to make sure everything's in place, checking her hair to make sure everything's in place strongly, keeping a grip on her staff, even though she's riding side saddle on a horse. How she is that delicate, no one will ever know. <laughs> um, natural I feel grace. Like nat natural grace. I feel like it's not this this ride has been boring so far so she's really just boredly looking over her nails looking back <laughs> to make sure that the nobility is still intact nothing has snatched them or threatened them so far and when everything's fine going back to making sure that her appearance is is intact perfect okay uh and then the the last of the four figures that somewhat stand out uh against the rank and file of these young knights that are accompanying them uh, we have Marcel. Nate, tell us about Marcel. So uh, Marcel is a high elf. He's got kind of shaggy, medium, pretty unkempt white hair. Uh, he's like like five nine, five ten ish. Um, he's got like this black uh, leather armor with like dark purple, uh, kind of like a cape hood, not cape, like just garments above it. Uh, and the bottom half of his face is covered just uh with a black mask that he's just kept on this entire time uh and he's got a sword on his back and how long how long have we been traveling together it's it probably been about sort of three four days uh to travel up from the capital you've been traveling across main road so it's been quite fast um as opposed to going through the wilds but yeah it's been like three or four days on the road okay so over the span of three days he's probably said like less than 10 words total keeps himself to himself he does okay uh well as you are all as we see your characters traveling along this pleasant country road uh towards your destination as viewers we see time begin to rewind at a rapid scale days flash by and we find ourselves in the interior of a grand palace immense in scale and decorated with rich purple banners bearing a draconic emblem and tapestries woven with Cormier's history. The four of you are seated in a very courtly room. There are several pairs of high-ranking knights in plate armor, war wizards in beautiful purple robes, clutching rods and staves with nervous glances around them. And all of you are staring towards a very regal woman in an elegant silver gown and golden crown 
In her forties and a few strands of her long hair have begun to turn gray. She is working on a series of finely written scrolls all inked in gold and red with designs and filigree around the edges. Looking over her shoulder, nodding his approval, is a dark-skinned war wizard, his robes bearing many official seals and medals. Uh, everything seems to be in order, your majesty. Uh, perhaps now is the time we inform these fine young men and women of their responsibilities. The woman in grey kind of lets out a sigh. Yes, yes. You're quite right, Dimelin, yes. We've brought them this way. I know you have some idea of why you have been brought, but the details of your responsibilities and your new titles, I believe, we should discuss them. And you all recognize that this is Queen Raedra Obaskir, the monarch of Cormir, the very queen of the nation. Uh, and you have been brought into her court to discuss a matter that you do have some knowledge about. You know that you have been summoned for some sort of assignment, some sort of uh, title-giving ceremony. Um, and uh, Agnes and Tarkal in particular, you know that you are being bequeathed a area of land uh, that will become yours to, to govern and to uh, be responsible for. Um, the Queen Raedra uh, looks up and uh, gestures to her. Uh, there is a village called Evening Star along the high road from Arabel. Its previous lord, Lord Jeremis, uh, we discovered that he had some unsavory connections with our enemies in our war with Sembia and Netheril. It took us a little while to discover these connections, and in that time, Lord Jeremis had learned of our discovery. He's now fled with his family and several loyal forces, fled somewhere in the Sword Coast, some backwater. But this does mean that the land has returned to the crown. And after much consideration, I have decided that I would like to appoint well, young Agnes and Tarkle Crown Silver as Baroness and Baron, respectively. But also, there are other titles befitting Mistress Mithras and also young Master Marcel, who have been brought to my attention by colleagues and compatriots in your various circles of work. Mark, I totally forgot to tell you that the nobility, Agnes's proper name is actually pronounced Agni, but Agni? she hates that. Sure. And she calls herself Agnes. So the you queen might call her Agni. Well, you know what? The queen does call you Agnes. Oh, like, nice. You, cool. you don't know how, like maybe, maybe she's learned of that, but there is a kind of acceptance of, yeah, she refers to you by the, the name that you prefer. Uh, Agnes but relaxes you see that a little bit at that then. She's like, oh. <laughs> But I think that the the war wizard that you, you saw earlier has definitely called you Agni um, okay. rather than anything else. But the queen, yeah, referred to you as Agnes, which is uh, perhaps a little surprising. Um, mm. She turns to, to you and Tarkov first and foremost. As the newly appointed Baroness and Baron uh, of Evening Star, you will both be responsible for the safety and the prosperity of your people who live on the land. You will enforce the laws of the nation, but have the right to conduct your own judgments as well. You have free reign to develop Evening Star as you see fit, though any additional funds beyond a seasonal stipend will need to be petitioned for or raised by yourselves, something I feel that you are both most capable of doing. You will also be responsible for collecting the Crown seasonal tax and making sure it is delivered safely to Arabelle. Uh, and also, if there is any matter to be discussed at court, you will be its representatives, whether by my choosing or by Countess 
uh, by Duchess, Ar uh, Duchess Marlia's uh, request. A unit of knights will be sent with you as protection uh, and to replenish the forces of the garrison there. But otherwise, Evening Star is yours. We expect you to rule it justly in the name of Cormier and to stand for Cormier's values. She looks towards uh, Mika, uh, towards Azara, sorry. Um, and then Azara, it's actually uh, Demolin, who is a magister you know, um, uh, who speaks. Uh, young uh, war wizard uh, Mithras, I have the great pleasure to announce that you are to be given the title of magister. As the official representative of the war wizards in Evening Star, you will be expected to act as the both bodyguard and advisor to your new baron and baroness. All matters of magic within the region will be your responsibility. You have authority even above the nobility in these matters. If any of the local populace show magical talent, you will be expected to teach them basic control and deliver them to the academy for further training. You will also be called upon to answer for your region in our yearly council. If the baron and baroness wish, they may also might wish might desire to build a facility, a research facility in the town at which point you will be elected as its head. Uh, we trust that you will represent the war wizards appropriately. And perhaps this may also be a solution to the problem that we discussed, uh, that yourself and uh, Her Majesty knows about. Uh, we feel that this might be suitable. Uh, kind of not missing a beat, the queen sort of just smiles and kind of nods her head towards Azara before very quickly turning to the masked man Young Master Marcel, you have been personally recommended to me by several colleagues. We have a rare position for you. Uh, it is one not often given in Cormir. The Minister of Arms. Normally, the Purple Dragon Knights oversee military matters, but due to our recent engagements, our numbers have been somewhat deplenished. As such, we need somebody who has a knowledge of tactics, of recruitment, training, who has a, an understanding of battle. And as such, we would like to offer you this position in exchange for a generous seasonal stipend into your personal accounts, as well as uh, uh, lodgings and uh, board within the keep itself. You would be responsible for patrols, recruitment, training, construction of any fortifications, as well as protecting the lands and the people of Evening Star as well as being a bodyguard to your new baron and baroness, much like Magister Azara will be. As a mercenary, you will not be formally in charge of any Purple Dragon Knights. You will have to work with a blade captain we'll be sending with you. But if you do procure any units or mercenaries of your own coin, you will be personally responsible for them. If any of you have any questions or concerns, you may now speak. She gestures to the the four of you. Your Majesty, I accept this title only on behalf of the people whom I will use it to protect. And I bow like minimally, the most minimal acceptable bow to the queen I give. Mm. Yes, yes, young Crown Silver, young, young Agnes Crown Silver. I am aware of some of your philosophies, shall we call it. I look forward to seeing what you do in Evening Star. I think you may find that good intentions might not quite match up to reality, but I look forward to seeing how you proceed. Also, how you work with Master Tarkle Crown Silver. I believe that 
your familial relations are quite new. Is that correct? She looks towards uh, Tarkal when she says this. Uh, I think during that whole time, Tarkal was doing the uh, the math numbers meme and was really <laughs> trying to pay attention to everything she was saying. Um, so when she like looked towards me and says my name again, I, I snap and I just bow and I'm like, yeah, yes, that's 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 correct. Uh, I will not let you down. He's still like he's pretty. This is fresh for him. Yes, I hope so. I believe that your uh, perhaps the two of you, I believe, will be able to forge quite a bond with the locals of Evening Star, which I think is needed after their previous lord. He was not a particularly kind man, so you have some work to do. But I'm sure that the two of you can achieve it. Thank you for uh, your majesty. confidence, Your Majesty. You are most welcome, my young maiden. Tarkal's just now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you see, like some of the knights are like kind of trying not to laugh as they see Tarkal's reaction to it, but everybody keeps a very stoic face. Uh, Queen Rager turns towards Marcel and, and Azara. And what of you, our newly appointed Magister and Minister of Arms? Any questions or concerns? Zara just takes like a very deep, graceful curtsy and kind of her hair flips as she as she comes back up. Your Majesty, I, I thank you deeply for entrusting me with such responsibility and I, I swear I will not let you down. And she curtsies again. Oh, yes, I've heard much about you from, from uh, Magister Demelin. He speaks very highly of you. And I must admit, Azara, I was, I was quite close with your mother. Uh, you have my deepest condolences, but she was a, a very noble and courageous woman and if you can well you do have some rather large heeled boots to fill but i have very every confidence that you will uh, her staff is very safe in your hands i believe and she kind of gives you a very knowing look and Izar grips it tightly and the mithras bloodline will not will not fall i, I promise and then they she looks towards uh, young Marcel, but doesn't say anything immediately, almost uh, kind of letting the silence hang for a second. He just kind of gives a huff behind his mask and just, fine. <laughs> there is, you see, the, those of you who are paying attention, the knights and the war wizards are definitely like, how very dare this young man disgraceful behavior uh but queen rager kind of just quirks an eyebrow uh and says well a monthly stipend is uh certainly a good motivation for any mercenary to do a good job so uh, i hope that we don't have to have any uh reason not to pay you the full amount master marcel still Dimelin, if you would, uh, and you see the 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 dark-skinned uh, wizard at her side, kind of gestures, and a small—I'd probably say made of like a white wood chest—just appears in the middle of the table in a swirl of purple smoke. Uh, he waves his hand um, and gestures it forward. Uh, this is a small, uh, small bursary to get you started, in case there are any immediate infrastructure works that need to be completed in the town. Uh, it contains roughly uh, 1,500 gold pieces in assorted coins and gemstones. Um, you will need it perhaps for uh, the training or recruitment of new uh, guardsmen, uh, perhaps for building some infrastructure, uh, but also just to cover any necessities that you may have. Uh, think of this as a, uh, a starting package, if you will. Uh, anything else, if you have any questions, 
Mr. Magister Azara will does have a means of communicating with me, um, and uh, I cannot uh, promise that I will be expedient in my reply, but I will do my best to serve you. Uh, and I believe that there is just one more uh, custom, my Her Maj Your Majesty. Yes, indeed, uh, Demelin. Uh, she says. Now, it has been tradition in Cormir for generations that these titles are bestowed with an oath of loyalty. Um, and she raises her hand, and in another swirl of silvery smoke, a elegant-looking rune sword appears, the pommel of which is carved like a golden dragon's head. Um, and you can see that it is ancient. This is an old sword, perhaps not one used in battle anymore. But she holds it up, um, and she rises to her feet, um, and she gestures for you all to do the same. Um, and then she lays it out with point forward. Uh, if you would, place a hand upon the blade. This is Saimalazar. Saimalazar. This is the ancient blade upon which oaths are sworn. And I would ask that you repeat after me. Upon this ancient blade do I swear this oath to uphold my duties, to serve the crown, and to protect the people of Cormir. May my courage never falter. May my heart always be true. She places the blade out uh, towards the four of you. Well, sometimes the end justifies the means. And she puts her hand on it and swears. Yeah, sure. You see Agnes. Tarkle just wanted to see which hand Agnes used because he didn't know which one to use if there was proper <laughs> etiquette. So whichever one she used, he just silently <laughs> he copies. Puts, yeah, copies and then kind of like tries to say it with her because he didn't remember all the words <laughs> that she was saying. Um, yeah. Uh, Azara nice. silently complies and repeats the words back i would but th th that was a no no i didn't i didn't expect, <laughs> I didn't expect you to let's make it clear i didn't expect you to repeat exactly what i said uh, this is very narratively being repeated um, <laughs> okay good Marcel and then yeah basically do the same he just kind of puts a hand and is just what she said <laughs> There is a significant eye roll from the queen. There is a very large, mm, <laughs> I suppose that will have to do still. Horses are prepared. Uh, Minister of Arms, Marcel, you will also find that your liaison with the Purple Dragonites is with you. A young woman, Blade Captain Elissa Dawnwhisper. She is in command of the, the young troop we are sending with you. Uh, and with that, uh, when you guys emerge, we, we rush back to present day as you are all making your way along the high road towards, in the final final few hours, really, of your travel towards this village, Evening Star. Um, yeah. Uh, you, it is probably about mid-afternoon at this point as you are making your way there. Uh, the force that you have with you is about 20 young knights. Um, they are all very young. You suspect that these are literally fresh recruits. Um, but leading them, uh, the woman I mentioned earlier, Alyssa Dawnwhisper. She's half-orc, uh, pale green skin, two small little tusks that just jut out from her, from her teeth. Um, very high black ponytail and then clad in armor, um, bearing a very proud tabard of the purple dragon knights. Uh, a very terse woman in her journey. She's been very polite and respectful, but kind of like Marcel, doesn't speak unless really necessary. Um, and she is currently uh, at the head of the column, leading the rest of the group. 
I think you only have a couple of horses, probably one each for the four of you, and then one for Elissa. The rest of the soldiers are all on foot, basically. So if you're not riding a horse, then it's probably being sort of like carried along by some young squire uh, who is trotting alongside with a very sort of like, am I doing a good job? Uh (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. Uh, so yeah, so cut back to normal time. Is 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 there anything? Is there anything on any of your characters' minds? Any questions or, or anything like that? Agnes is going to look at the squire and be like, "Do you need any help carrying that? You shouldn't have to carry it all yourself just because of your social position." Oh, oh no, my lady, no, I'm 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 quite honored to be carrying a horse for you. It's uh, absolutely. Uh, I hope to I hope to to become a knight myself one day, and and this is the first step. Uh, no, please, my lady. And he bows his head like, no, I, it's my, my pleasure. All right, well, let me know if you want me to carry it for a while, okay? Yeah, he kind of looks around at his <laughs> companions all, everyone's <laughs> looking at each other like, what do we say? I, I don't know. Um, but he just kind of, yes, my lady, yes. Uh, thank you, thank you. Just kind of nods. Um, he goes back to walking. <laughs> so we're, um, in present day, we're in like this, like a state or whatever it is we're staying in, or are we like out and about right now? You are on the road. So you are oh, on okay. a long uh, east to west road that mm. travels from the the next biggest city next to the capital is called Arabel. Um, and this road stretches from Arabel all the way to the very edge of the nation in the Stormhorn Mountains. And Evening Star is somewhere along this road. Uh, it's mm kind of like a dirt path but it's very well trodden there are stones that line the sides um so it, it's not like a paved road but it is you know well kept and, and maintained uh to the north of the road you have sweeping hills that like begin to turn up into this tall ridge of snow-capped mountains and then to the south of the road um it very quickly gets completely taken over by this immense ancient forest that's incredibly thick and dense uh, Tarkal, you would know that that's the called the King's Forest. It's where where you know, your family uh, it lives currently. And there there's various villages and and small towns within the King's Forest itself. Um, all of you would know that the King's Forest is kind of legendary. There's always stories about monsters and fey beings that live in there. You know, you've probably all any of you who have grown up in Cormir would have heard stories of you know swords being handed out by archfey to you know valiant knights who prove themselves uh of great elks that are three times the size that they should be that if you slay them you'll be cursed forever uh there's all these kind of fairy tales around the king's forest um there's also very real threats as well there are monsters that live in there uh the mountains are full of of goblins and who knows what else um it's not that these lands are safe for the most part but there is always the potential for danger. Oh. Um, in my studies, would I know the layout of uh, of the town that we're going to? Would I know kind of what's there uh, and what's not? I think that you probably, I mean, I, you could even say that, you know, after you were given your title, you know, Azara might have done some reading up just to mm-hmm. kind of find out a little bit about Evening Star. Um, Evening Star is a, it's a small village. It's not a big town or anything like that. It's a small village and the surrounding farmlands, um, it's on the very edge of a river, uh, the uh, Starwater River. Um, And it's in a very good place to be developed because it's on this very popular merchant's road, Mm. but it's never, it's, it's 
Cormyr has a very long history of wars and invasions and dragon attacks, and it's been burnt and razed to the ground and destroyed and besieged, and it's constantly been rebuilt. So nobody's ever managed to get it to like a larger status, like a town or anything like that. So it's still just a small village. Um, it's well known for having a pretty popular tavern there. Uh, the only other thing that you remember reading about Evening Star is it's very there's a lot of tresem there, which are flying cats. They're winged cats. Uh, and Evening Star has uh, a lot of them for some reason. Um, uh, I think that knowing that this town has a lot to be developed, Azar is already imagining the research facility and imagining like what type of building she can build. And there will be a, a library at the top where she can make build it tall and, and sit there and read spell books <laughs> and, and teach her her yeah. little young sorcerer's new magic. So she's kind of drifting off and fantasizing about her new position. Yeah, that's the other thing to mention is that there is a keep there called Star Watch Keep. Um, mm -hmm. And that is, it's basically built up into the hills that on the other side of the river looks down on the village. It's, it's only like a couple of hours ride from the village, mm -hmm. but that's where, you know, the local garrison would be established. It's probably where the new Baron and Baroness would be housed. You know, that's probably where they would stay. Mm -hmm. Um, there will be some sort of estate house in the village itself for them, but the, the keep would be the more sort of grand use, uh, grandois kind of place to stay, basically. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you've got a good idea of what to expect when you get there. Um, and yeah, you just travel along the main road. Uh, anything from anyone else? Every time she sees a Tresim, uh, Agnes's normally kind of like low energy demeanor turns like, oh, look, 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 there's one. And she like <laughs> pats Tarkal on the shoulder, like, look, 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 look. She gets really excited. And you see these, you know, these winged cats flying through the air like birds. You know, they they kind of fly around in little packs of winged cats, all of different sort of fur colors and types. Um, you know, anybody, a couple of the the knights get too close to the trees, and the branches kind of come alive as all these winged cats fly out of them up into the air. <laughs> do do I know? Like, I don't know if you want me to roll for this, but do I know anything about <laughs> Tresem? You're as an animal yeah, I think lover, you definitely know them. Yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. Do I know um, if they're ever kept as like familiars or pets, or oh, are yeah. they like very feral? Oh, very. So they are feral, but they are almost infamous for being familiars for wizards, war wizards especially. Love having Tresim as cats because they're pretty intelligent. They're very, very clever creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're actually on par with with human intelligence. You know, they're very, very smart. Hmm. Um. And yeah, they often, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they often fly around in packs, and they enjoy teasing both humans and other animals and things like that. Um, yeah, and yeah, pets and things like that. Probably not house pets. Like normal serfs and peasants probably wouldn't keep them, but mm -hmm. noble families definitely. It would be like, oh yes, this is our prized tresem. This is our okay. pedigree tresem that we've reared, hand reared, and that sort of thing. They've got that kind of quality to them. Agnes is very clearly like hoping that as she lives in Evening Star, she will have a familiar Tresim, if not multiple familiar Tresims. Sure that, that is Tresim? something that can happen. What's the Tresim. plural of Tresim? Uh, well, is let's go Tresim? with Tresim. Okay. I am not, cool. sadly, not being Chris Perkins, I can't just make that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, now. Multiple Tresims are called a bag Tresimin. of Tresims. Um, <laughs> Tresims. You know, but yeah, Tresims. Um, okay. There we go. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, if there's nothing else, then within a couple of hours, you guys begin to see uh, the river, uh, the Starwater River that winds and cuts through the hills to the north and then feeds into the King's Forest to the south. Um, and as you get closer, though, uh, you can see 
ahead of you, the wide river, I'm just going to read this actually. Ahead of you, you can see a wide river descends from the steep shrub covered hills to the north and cuts through the land into the King's Forest to the south. A pretty and well-used bridge has been built across it, but you do see something is slightly amiss. Bodies of knights and dark-clad thugs are spread across the bridge and on the road on either side. There are scorch marks and arrows show clear signs of a recent battle. Uh, seeing this, um, uh, Elissa, the half-orc knight, kind of holds up a hand and the column comes to a stop and they begin drawing weapons and things like that. Uh, and she steps forward. My lords and ladies, minister, magister, I'm not quite sure what's happened here. We had no reports of any sort of things like this in the area. We weren't expecting any trouble. Agnes is going to, like, without a thought, just cast her um, her wildfire spirit, bring it to life okay. with her. Which is... What does um, this look like? It's a... It's a small wildfire spirit, but it, hers is in the shape of a bird. So it looks kind of like if you can imagine a young phoenix, but very amorphous, mm. you know, all in the shape of flames. So she just casts yeah. it, and then that kind Ambers. of just, like, floats us beside her. And it, mm -hmm. it looks like it's flying, but not the way that, like, a bird would have to flap in order to stay in the air. It's very much just a slow, like, the motion of flying, but it's a magic mm. fire. So it just, mm. you know does that slowly so it's just okay. there and like with her watching yeah you see Alyssa kind of like glances at it and sort of shifts a little bit like magic <laughs> um but yeah she just kind of keeps her straight back and head bowed uh she looks towards marcel minister any advice any suggestions so uh marcel is just you know keeping an eye on all these bodies and what happened and he also gets ready he he unsheathed his sword, but the way he does it, he doesn't like reach for it. Like anyone looking sees that the sword in the hilt just like disappears and then just reappears in his hand. And okay. then he just kind of says, Don't know. Stay alert. Uh as when you do, Marcel, um, th there is that that voice uh as the, the sword kind of forms in your hand. You the the a voice of like, is everything okay? Is everything okay? In your mind. Um, I just kind of think back to his voice. I'm like, should be fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you kind of begin sort of like looking around, checking, scoping things out. Um, is there any way you're looking in particular? Are you looking like focusing on the bridge, on the bodies, the area around you? Like what's Marcel kind of focusing on at this point? Um, If this came as a surprise, I think Marcel would be more focused on the original destination and more or less concerned about getting through this without any kind of ambush and just trying best to carry on with what was uh, what we had set out to do. Okay. So you're looking kind of towards the bridge um, mm -hmm. and the bridge is probably, a, it, it's quite a wide bridge. It's maybe like 15 feet across, but it's about sort of 80 feet wide across the river. It's quite a, a wide river. It's quite a large, you know, fast moving river. And as you're kind of looking at it, you do see that it looks like some of the sections of the bridge itself look a little bit unstable. Like maybe they've been damaged or kind of maybe cut, you think? Uh, if too many people try and move over it, it might. there's a risk that it might break um, as you're looking towards it. Uh, what is uh, Tarkal? Is Tarkal doing anything? Same with uh, Azara and Agnes. Are you guys looking at anything in particular? Are you doing any preparations? Um, 
you see that the soldiers are kind of like looking around warily, not really sure what's going on. Uh, I think at this point, Azara would have dismounted her horse and kind of given a cursory once over to Agnes and her and her spirit, but kind of rolling her eyes like, oh, you you small baby little magic user, like let let the big grown ups <laughs> take care of it. Um, and so she gets a, a, a tighter grip on her on her staff and the the lightning crackles in the crystal. And she's, I think, would be more looking towards the forest surrounding to make sure that there's no ambush and no one's waiting in the wings okay yeah Yeah. so you you kind of glance towards the forest to the south um and yeah cursory glance it's a very old very thick forest Mm -hmm. um you know the it's full of like ivy uh sort of bushes and shrubs um but you don't see any particular ambush or danger as you're kind of glancing around um you the weather is quite fair that you know there's no rain or anything like that um, as you kind of, yeah, just keeping an eye out on everything, trying to make sure that nothing surprises you. Uh, Tarkal and Agnes. Uh, I think, oh, oh sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, you go. Okay, sorry. Um, I think Tarkal should when... just do one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Agnes whipped up her, her young phoenix. I probably would have drawn my dagger as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I think Tarkal would most want to inspect the closest body. Um, okay. How many, how you... many dead soldiers are there on there's so there's quite a few so uh you'll have to move up quite a distance like the the bridge is probably a good sort of 40 feet away from where you've currently kind of stopped um and you can see there's maybe sort of uh, half a dozen knights um and you know some of them are on the middle of the bridge some of them are on your side of the bridge there's at least one on the other side of the bridge but there's many more of these dark clad figures um that are all kind of like laying down in the mud they've got arrows sticking out of their backs several have got like weapons stuck in them and things like that it looks like it was quite a brutal battle that happened here um, okay if, if, yeah, if tarkal so, can see if tarkal can see that i was i was mainly interested in how they died so if there's right, evidence okay. of like arrows and gushes yeah and, yeah yeah and i don't yeah, think he would have sure. to get close but that's more or less what he's like kind of scanning the bodies or anything okay. that stands yeah out. so you're not moving up you're kind of just looking at a distance and you can already see what you wanted to know okay mm-hmm. cool uh all right and then Agnes, you've summoned your bird, but is there anything you're paying attention to in, t- in particular? I have a question. Yeah. Uh, with so I'm I'm Circle of Wildfire Druid. I'm using my mm-hmm. summon wildfire, which brings me this fire spirit. It has a, a it's a spirit that's bonded to my soul, but I mm-hmm. haven't seen anything. It it understands my language, but it mm-hmm. hasn't said anything about how it communicates to me. Do okay. you have any particular view on what you think it would do? Because I was I th- feeling like it'd probably be a telepathic link, but I didn't want to assume. Sure. Well, let's for now, I'm not going to look it up. For now, we will say, I think the easiest way to say is you can get a sense of its emotions. It probably can't communicate complex ideas like, you know, tell you reports of like, right. oh, I saw this and I saw that and I saw that. Maybe like if we do a thing like you could use the find familiar spell to give it that ability for a short time right. or something like that. But I think that for now, sense. like it, it can be like, danger or or predator it it speaks in a more primal nature to you on that regard like it can kind of say like you know things like that it focuses more on the natural world than anything else i think that that makes sense that totally makes sense with a soul bond too because it would feel things like a soul would feel things yeah uh so i want to send the fire spirit just kind of circling overhead to Mm -hmm. see if um we get the feeling of like it's okay past it's fine or if it's like alert danger danger and they see something in the woods sure absolutely let me have a look at its um stats here so languages understand okay okay uh so you send it up and it begins circling around 
you see this kind of these little embers fall away from its wings as it soars up into the sky and begins kind of scouting around. It takes a few minutes for it to do this. Um, and you can see the knights are starting to get a bit sort of antsy. Uh, a couple of the younger ones are like, we should check and see if any of the, if any of the knights are, are still alive or if they're wounded. Uh, they're kind of like speaking to each other. You can kind of hear it in the background. Um, the spirit returns to you. It's, you get a sense of like, it's cautious but it didn't, it, it's not reporting any danger it can see or it can sense, but mm -hmm. it's definitely sort of wrong, uh, not not right. Something mm -hmm. is off, you know, it, it doesn't like this situation is the vibe. Proceed with caution, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, but it doesn't see or it's not like predator or danger or, you know, armed, you know, it doesn't give you any sort of like confirmed sightings of anything. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Absolutely, that's what I'm here for. So um, we're, we see all this stuff happening on the other side of, well, it happened on the other side of this bridge. It looked like it might've started there and then they fled over the bridge. Oh, right. More people have died on the bridge. And then there are even some bodies on your side of the bridge as well. Cause it's quite a long bridge. So there's like, you can see in the middle of the bridge, like one of the knights is like slumped up against the side arrow kind of sticking out their breastplate, like their eyes closed to the side. You can see a couple of these thugs have been killed there as well. Um, and then on your side of, of the thing, there's a few more face down. A couple of the knights are laying face down as well. You know, hands reaching for weapons that have fallen out of their grip and things like that. Um, yeah, it looks like it kind of took place across the whole thing. Okay. And how big is this bridge? Uh, it's about 80 feet long. So, mm, and then okay. about 15 feet wide. It's quite big. It looks like it's like designed for wagons and merchants and, and large forces to cross. But you did notice that the some of the you know, boards look weakened and might collapse if too many people try to cross it at once. Okay. Uh, Marcel was the only one that noticed the weakening of the bridge, right? He is, unfortunately, okay. yeah. So, unless he tells you. Yeah, I would, uh, but I yeah. would convey that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Marcel lets everyone know. Uh, right. Well, otherwise, the, the column is getting a bit antsy. They look like they're, they, you know, they're, they're kind of ready for battle. They've kind of got that eager, you know, preparation for combat that doesn't seem to be coming um what do you guys want to do A agnes agnes is it poor form for us to send half of our knights over this bridge with it being weakened and then and then we follow suit and then the other half can come after i i is it, is it wrong for us to not lead the knights over this bridge that's a good question we should lead by example but i don't think it's poor form you should learn to think for yourself. You decide whether it's poor form. Uh, and that, that, Tarkle just like, he's like, this is not, I just wanted you to tell me exactly what to do. <laughs> Basically, like I didn't want to think right now. Um, uh, I, and then I, I want to defer to, uh, I, I forgot her name, I'm sorry. Um, Azara? Who, no, no, who was leading the oh, front. Oh, Alyssa. Alyssa, uh, yes. Yeah, Ilhara, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alyssa. I want to basically defer to her and say, what, the bridge is weakened. What should we, what oh. should we do here? She bows her head when you go to speak to her, because uh, she's not a noble, so she bows her head. Uh, my lord, um, I can I can have uh, half of our forces go across. Did you, I believe the minister did say that the, the bridge is somewhat weakened. Um, but yes, I, I we could send half over now if, if you suspect something. I, I believe, if I may speak freely, my lord, and she looks at you. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, I would personally like to check the knights to make sure, well, see if any of them had, did survive, but also to confirm their identities, if we may. Um, 
That sounds very Agnes. Does, do you like the way the sound of that? Absolutely. What does uh, Azar and Marcel think of of this conversation playing out? Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just feel like Azara hearing the whole bumbling over what should I do and nobles arguing amongst themselves about how to even make one simple decision. Her eyes are rolling so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she refrains from making any uh, distasteful comments okay. and kind of silently goes to the towards the front of the knights to mm -hmm. uh, to aid in any identification needs, especially because okay. she's small and lithe, so won't break a bridge yeah. if sure. going first. Okay. And then Marcel, anything? Um, another question. How <laughs> far could I throw my sword? <laughs> uh, it's a long sword, right? So yeah. not designed for being thrown. Right. Uh, like a throwing axe or something like that. I'd probably say like you could probably get it a solid 15, 20 feet, I reckon. Uh, like okay. if you proper like Rah! Yeah, um, I was thinking like not not going for like targeting, but just like two hand full body yeet it. Yeah, maybe like maybe 30 feet if you really try. So if you wanted to throw it near the bodies, you could always move up a little bit like ahead of the, the others and throw it as they're sort of making their way over towards it. Yeah, I think I'd want to try and get to um, pretty close to the end of the bridge. Just kind of telling everyone, oh, right, like, okay. I just tell everyone to, like, you know, whatever they're doing, wait here. Because I, I okay. more just want to check something. Okay. So um, I think, so if I've got it correct, Marcel's going to move up, and then Azara and half of the knights will follow to kind of go over the bridge. And then Agnes and Taka will kind of stay on this side with another half of the, the unit that you had. So you've got about 20... 20, you know, young warriors with you kind of thing. Um, okay, so Marcel, you're, you're the first one who begins making your way towards the bridge. And uh, as you begin drawing closer, and Azara, you're right close, like next to Marcel, basically, along with, um, with Alessa as well. Uh, you notice Marcel just glancing down. You hear, you just faintly hear a breath. And you see one of the knights who's lying on the ground their chest is ever so slightly falling up and down. I'll convey this. I just tell him this one's alive still. Okay. Uh, and then if yeah. somebody wants to like do something about that, but I'm gonna... yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, yeah. Alyssa will definitely begin making her way unless anybody else moves up. But she's just like oh, and she begins making her way towards uh, this this injured man um, that she sees. Marcel, are you not moving? Are you just, did you just convey it and are kind of staying where you are? Um, how far along the bridge was that? Or this is we... right, no, this isn't even on the bridge. You guys are oh, at okay. where the, where the oh. bridge begins, basically. So this gotcha. is like, he's one of the ones lying at the front of the bridge, um, along with some of the others. Uh, so yeah, you've not quite made it onto the bridge yet as, as you guys see this potentially still living knight. Um, half the guys are just behind you. As you, as you see Alyssa bend down, um, she grips the, the kind of man and like checks, pushes him over. And then you see a glint of steel as some sort of knife comes into her neck and she like stumbles back as you see this knight clad in chainmail, very, very not a knight in face. You can see grizzled beard of some sort of wild man. Um, his hair all slicked back with sweat and dried blood, a toothless grin. 
as several of these other knights that were laying on the ground grab weapons and begin pulling themselves <gasps> up. And you hear this big, this big war cry from the forest that Azara had been looking at earlier as these green cloaks come flying off and a big unit of soldiers um, begins charging out. We're going to roll some initiative. Oh my god! <laughs> you, guys, you guys, our first battle and we split the party. Our Did we split? One. Did we act? Well, you, the... you got, it's not too far. You're not too split at this point. Okay. You've got like some, one group is right next to the bridge and then um, Agnes and Tarkla are about 40 feet behind that then, basically. Okay, but they're so not you're within on the bridge? rushing distance. No, not on the bridge. No. Okay, oh my okay, god. Yeah. That's good. Oh, we didn't screw ourselves that bad. All right. Uh, and just, just so that this, just so it's clear in terms of like when you've got a unit with you like this, there are a lot of enemies more than the ones that might be in the initiative order that you guys are in. Assume that your knights are fighting all of these other, you know, thugs and bandits whilst you're having your own fight at the same time. So cinematically, that's how it works. So I'm not running 10, you know, CR yeah. quarter thugs or whatever. Um, right. So let's roll some initiative. Uh, Azara, what was your total initiative, please? Uh, eight. Eight total. Uh, Marcel. Fourteen. Fourteen. Tarkle. Nineteen. Nineteen. Very good for Rogue. Agnes. Agni. Eighteen. Eighteen. Agni. It was uh, not a natural one for my first roll. Let it be known. Let it be seen. It was above ten be. even. Nice. Praise be. Uh, so... Uh, the first thing that happens is um, Marcel and Azara, and you see uh, uh, Blade Captain Elharis just kind of stumble back, kind of clutching at this wound in her throat as this man rises. On the far side of the bridge, one of the uh, knights has stood up and produced a longbow and is aiming at it from the other side of the bridge and takes aim towards probably... He's pretty smart to recognize a war wizard when he sees one, so ah, he will great. shoot towards uh, Azara. Love that uh, as me. he does so. So uh, with one shot, that is going to be a total of uh, 17 to hit. That hits. Okay. So uh, so this is going to be eight. Uh, that is going to be 12 points of piercing damage as this arrow Jeez. into you. Uh, and then he, he begins kind of scoping out, trying to see his next target. Um, that is his go done as this arrow kind of thuds into your back, probably glancing off, not quite embedded in you, but enough mm -hmm. to kind of knock the wind out of you and kind of set you stumbling as you do go down. Uh, Tarkle. So to kind of set the scene, you see uh, across the bridge, um, there is an archer who is probably about sort of 120 feet away from you and Agnes right now. Um, there is Marcel and Azara are currently standing off against uh, one particularly qu quite burly looking uh, knight, we'll call them, um, in this kind of stolen chainmail armor, uh, wielding a giant great axe. And then he has two cronies with him who were lying next to him. And then from the big pack that has like rushed towards the group of uh, your knights, two of them have split off and are looking to engage you and Agnes. So you currently have two that are rushing to engage you two. And then the um, Marcel and uh, Azara have got three currently facing off against them. And then an archer across the bridge. Okay, um, I think I would just with my uh, with my dagger in hand, my kiss of silver. How far away am I from the one? Because there's two that approach us. Am I like parallel with one? Yeah. Assume that they're in in melee range with you already. Well, okay. we, you know, this is theater of the mind, so they've rushed up as you're kind of like reacting and drawing your weapons and things like that. 
Okay, um, so I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna toss my kiss kiss of silver uh, towards the one that's closest like, to me. Like it's yeah, cool. like almost like a kunai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah using cool. it as that. That's nerd. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, uh, as a point as well, uh, Anna, you are up next. So have a think about what you want to do on your turn, and then it's Marcel after you. So you guys can prep your turns uh, and go. Cool. So uh, go for it, Tarkle. Uh Let us let us know. And I do. I get to roll with advantage due to assassinate because this. Like they haven't not, acted before haven't you. Acted, Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes so, you do. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Uh, that first one ended up a 10. And oh, oh, 26, 19. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the kiss of silver, this kind of dull silvery blade flies out and just uh, catches one. Roll your damage for me, man. Yep. So, and you get sneak attack. So, because yes. you had advantage. 1d4 plus 4. So, 5 on the d4 and then 4d6 for the sneak attack. That's what we like uh, to see. 11. <laughs> uh 18 total damage uh no i'm sorry nine, uh 23 total damage three total damage Jeez. so you watch as this guy is running towards you and you can see like this big melee with with your knights happening in the background with a flick of your wrist the kiss of silver the your knife comes flying out and just embeds in his throat and you just hear this kind of like <clears throat> as he just collapses to the ground dead oh, um and then with I, I believe you want you wish the dagger to return to you right so Yes, I believe at the end of my turn, right? It'll come back to me. Yeah. So you kind um, of like watch it as it blinks. It almost seems to turn into kind of starlight and then it just appears back in the sheath on your belt. It just kind of whoosh, appears back there. So badass. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I'm actually, Tarko's going to move towards sure. Agnes uh, just to kind sure. of. Be so with you her. kind of move up next to her and, and kind of back to back with your, with your yeah. uh, half sister. Cool. cool. Nice. Agnes, your turn. I know you've explained the position a bunch of times, but just to clarify to make sure. This is fine. This is theater uh, of the mind. This happens. Yes. So you have. Do you want me? Do you, yep, no, go, go ahead. On. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. You've got one who is rushed towards you, who's in uh -huh. melee range with you. So he's kind of rushed towards you as this whole thing was kicking off. Um, Marcel and Azara have got two, let's call them minions, and one uh, knight, we'll call him, um, that are engaging them. And then across the, the river, on the other side of the bridge is an archer who's taking very deadly aim with a longbow. So there's only four total. Fighting you guys. There is also like 20 of them fighting your knights that have rushed in, but we'll kind of make that an abstract battle going on around you. Um, if you've got things that you can do to do an area of effect, you could definitely, you know, turn the tide of that and, and solve that problem immediately. Yeah, as this is, as this is my first engagement with it what i was hoping to do mm -hmm. is find a separation point between our forces and their forces and do something right. there is there a yeah, separation i, I point? know what you want to do so okay. it's going to be tricky so you will definitely be able to give your side the way that i'm going to do this kind of stuff and this is lots of home brewing because there's not really solid rules for mass combat yeah. is you will be able to give your side a very firm advantage because i'm guessing you would like to cast wall of fire anna oh you guessed correctly I guess. <laughs> um so yeah, so you would basically be able to, because the, the melee has become this big muddled mess when your soldiers are trying to kind of like, you know, reform and gang up, but also your forces are slightly split because there's mm -hmm. 10 of them rushed towards the bridge, 10 of them stayed behind. So you do have this kind of like mixed melee going on. What you'll be able to do is give your side an advantage, which will reduce casualties if you were going to suffer any. I basically make a roll at the end of the battle to see how well it went. Um, and you'll be able to minimize any casualties you might receive. You might also be able to free up a couple of minions that will be able to come and help you guys and will give you advantage on your attacks, basically, when you're because they'll be engaging the enemy for you. Okay. And I think, like, fluff wise, I imagine that what was happening is that Agnes wanted to cast Wall of Fire 
right when they noticed what was happening on the bridge, like before the forces even met. But right, okay. she was it like took took her a second because she was kind of like you know, like <laughs> trying to build this giant fire and swirling it around her. Um, and also kind of looking over her shoulder at Azara to be like, Do you see what I'm doing? Do you see me being a really good magic <laughs> user? And then um casting it, and because I'm seventh level, my fire spirit can also cast ranged fire spells for me. So I imagine Ooh. that both of us together like throw down this magic wall that's um absolutely a foot thick of flames and 60 yeah. feet wide 20 feet tall at the edge of the bridge trying yeah. to like give us cover to hide behind and it's opaque so yeah yeah they can yeah, shoot through so it but it. they can't see us as well right so what that will do is that will prevent the archer from really being able to target you and tarkle he'll still be able to get a slight shot on marcel and azara but it'll prevent the archer from being able to target you or like any of your soldiers um, roll the damage for me, just so that I know, uh, and then I'm going to make a unit saving throw. Um, I also was but... imagining I was going to try to cast it like the the two that are in melee with um, Marcel and Nazara. I was going to try to cast it like right on top of them, so it's like <laughs> like right there. If that sure. works. Well, okay, yeah, you can try that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, the let's see, five d8 fire damage. I should have gotten more d8. Mm -hmm. One. And then what's your DC saving throw as well, just while you're counting out uh, dice so that I know? The saving throw is... The spell DC is 15. 15, okay. Yeah. And then that guy. Okay. 16 and... Three, 30. 30 fire damage for anyone who's damage. affected. Okay. So... So it looks like that because of the way that the two of them were so close to Azar and Marcel and your units are mixed in, um, the two that were fighting, or the three that were fighting those guys, uh, they're going to take slightly less. But the unit itself, you just watch as a bunch of these kind of like barbaric, very thug kind of bandit looking fellows. And some of them are just incinerated by this wall of fire as they're just like, ah! Wilhelm scream as they go trying, running towards the river to try and dive in to get out of the way. You see several of your own knights kind of pulling back, um, kind of like, oh, kind of calling out as this wall of fire erupts between them, giving them some cover to reform. And you see them beginning to split off into individual sort of squads so that they yeah. can gang up on the gang up on the enemy, giving them so a distinct if, advantage. If anyone watching hasn't seen Wall of Fire before, it's so awesome because it's not only a wall of fire, but it goes and it like pushes a bunch of fire forward like 120 feet. So it was at the edge of the bridge and then yeah i think cool. yeah i think it's 10 feet in that area of like when it summons it's like whoosh, this kind of mm. area where it erupts is the bridge um, okay uh, actually maybe the, not the, <laughs> mika you beat me to it uh, yeah <laughs> the bridge is a light like the bridge is on fire it's oh like my God. as this rolling flame kind of erupts um yeah. Which you just we'll so you see. just see Azara like sigh and like pinch the bridge of her nose like fucking young fire <laughs> like why <laughs> would you do this? Agnes is like haha oh <laughs> oh uh, Marcel uh, as you see this wall of fire erupt um, splitting up many of the forces but giving you a brief moment of cover uh, what would you like to do? So there was uh, an archer from the other side of the bridge right. There is, yeah. It's about uh, 80 feet away from where you currently are um, on the other side of the bridge. And then you also have three of these pretend knights who have basically stood up and have drawn weapons on you and Azara. 
Okay. Um, oh, that's far. 80 feet is farther than I thought. So that never mind. I'm not going to do the thing I was going to do. I, I mean, you could run across the now burning bridge to get closer if you would like. Oh, I could do that. Sure could. Sure could. Sure could. I could. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, Because you said he's eight. So that would put him 80 feet away. Yes. From okay, your current right. position. Yeah. He's 80 feet from your exact spot right now. Okay. Um, then I'm going to very, very unique and interesting. I'm going to magic missile. It's a classic. Don't knock it. Yep. Yep. Sure. So, um, so could I, because like, can I, do I still have eyes on him with the bridge being on fire? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Like, uh, from your position, cause he can shoot at you so you can see him, but he can't really see Agnes and Tarkle right now because of the way the bridge is kind of cutting it. Yeah. Uh, so basically arrows come in from the other side of the bridge <laughs> where there's this actual thing. Marcel see this and just be like, coward, <clears throat> coward. <laughs> like shoot missiles at, back at him just see how sure. you like it is this a first level magic missile or are you gonna go for a high level one we're gonna go second level okay give me the damage so you see these streaks of energy and uh I, like do they have a particular look to them nate as like he conjures these missiles oh i didn't think of that i'll get back i'll get back to you that's fine you get back to me it is uh for 12. 12 points of damage okay mm -hmm. so you see these these uh missiles of yet to be determined aesthetic uh slam into him like churning up the dirt around him the the archer kind of has to throw himself to the side to avoid being slapped in the face by one um but manages to stand but you can see like he's kind of like standing on his leg a bit awkwardly and his shoulders being pulled um very clear clearly injured but still standing um as the the missiles fly out uh and yeah so uh anything else on your turn you've got three who are kind of basically on top of you at this point as well uh, I don't really have anything that I can do, so okay. unless I have a bonus action that I didn't see. Mm, no, I'm good. Okay, all right. So uh, after, as you do this, you see the the kind of one, uh, the the grisly one that stabbed uh, the uh, the knight in the neck. Uh, he turns on you and he's just like, got ourselves a couple of mages. The thorn hand will give a pretty penny for these ones, boys. And he calls out, and you can see a lot of his uh, companions seem riled up by this. And then he brings this giant great axe down towards you, uh, Marcel. Uh, and that is going to be a uh, only an 11 to hit, however. Um, so the blade comes up, and sparks fly as you parry it. Uh, you do maybe hear a little voice of just like, this doesn't seem very good. Uh, <laughs> just, just like while we're fighting, you just hear Marcel randomly like sword fighting crowd. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you see that the all of the, the two next to him and even the one next to Agnes seems to be emboldened by him calling out. And you hear this name, the thorn hand will play a pretty penny. Make sure you kill him. He'll reward any of you uh, as you're, as you guys are fighting. Um, but yeah, uh, miss, misses with the attack, unfortunately. Uh, Zara, your turn. Yes. Um, with my movement, can I move in a way that gets any one, two, or three of these guys in melee range in a straight line? I will say you will be able to get the one, the, the sergeant-looking fellow, the one who's giving mm -hmm. these orders, and mm -hmm. another one of these knights in a line. But mm -hmm. to do that, you're going to provoke an attack from what from the other one, from the other one in range. Why you got to do so this do to it. me? 
Well, because I love risk versus reward. Is it physically choice. possible to get the general and the dude across the way since this spell is 100 feet in a line without moving? I will say you can do it, but not without moving. So you'll get that attack of opportunity. But you could, but you'd get one of the normal guys, the sergeant and the archer, if you take the attack of opportunity. All three of them? Yeah, sure. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to risk that for the biscuit. <laughs> you can do it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as you do that, yeah, one of them swings this big mace uh, towards you uh -huh. um, as you rush for it. Uh, and that's going to be a 19 to hit. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, this is hopefully hey, going to pay off. This, so. Hopefully this could pay off. Hit, what, what you got? What you got for me? Uh, I've got 12 points of bludgeoning damage for you. Jeebus! As it just cracks into you as you're like, ah, through to the side. You might be kind of like heavy bruising on your side. Maybe a kind of a rib gets a, a nasty blow. Yeah, um, But you've managed fun. to kind of throw yourself to the side and you kind of get this flash as time slows down. Um, and all three of them begin lining up as you feel that lightning power surge through your body. Cool. Just because this has annoyed me enough at, uh, at you know, at, at, at third level, I won't go too crazy. I'm going to mm -hmm. cast Lightning Bolt in a straight mm -hmm. line. Since the bridge is already on fire, so, you know, heck the bridge now. Uh, yep. Right right down the middle. Uh, sure. The save would is you like a... To, mm -hmm. Would you like to do any sorcery stuff, like sorcery point stuff? Uh, you want to save them? I'm, I think I'm gonna probably spend some sorcery points to cast a second action after this. Uh, okay. but but at first, we well, need to do if if you want to do that, oh. you have to quicken it because the way it okay. works is if you cast a spell as an action, yes, the only spell you can cast is a bonus action. So yeah, okay, you, you, yeah, it's a weird thing. That then I'm gonna quicken this stuff. one with sorcery points. Perfect. Okay, and yeah. and cast lightning bolt. And then you can do a cantrip with after yes. this with your action. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so two sorcery points. Two sorcery points. I have three deck saving throws to make. Yes. So what DC am I looking for? 13 of... Right. right. Regular guy fails uh -huh. completely. Okay. Um, 8d6. Jesus. One, actually... two, three, No, he's four. not even The sergeant fellow... Five, is... six... Sergeant fellow will succeed. And then the archer on the <laughs> other side is a natural 20. Eight that man. Eight. Okay. Well, let's see. He's already injured. That's can somebody do quick math for me? I will sure. do. I I can probably do. We have do six plus two plus Eight. five 13. plus six plus one 19. plus two 19. plus one plus three plus four plus two because of my elemental affinity. I lost those last few numbers. I, I was 29. really following. They, I'll go with that. I'll okay. trust Anna. I followed it up to I a tried. point and then I, I lost it. I did my it. best. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 29 points of uh, lightning damage. Okay. So, a couple of things happen. White Text Friend um, says it's 610, though. Ah. Ah, well, I don't trust White, white Text Friend. So, uh, okay. So, this is, this is how it goes down. So, you watch as Azara kind of throws herself to the side. These targets all line up and you feel that bolt of just kind of rage and energy channel out and it strikes across the water as it hits the river you see steam sizzling up as this bolt of pure lightning streaks across it the first man right in front of you one of these minions just is obliterated you just watch as his skin in the chest just goes completely black the metal goes super hot and splinters out as this lightning bolt streaks past the sergeant fellow manages to throw himself backwards just enough 
that you see deep scarring kind of stretch across his arms and shoulders, but he's still standing. And then finally, the bolt connects with the archer at the very far end. As he's bringing up an another arrow, the lightning bolt strikes the arrow, splintering the wood and coursing through his body, and he just slumps to the floor dead um, as the archer just collapses to the ground and two of them smoking corpses left by Azara's magic. Um, and I still have a cantrip to use. Uh, yes. How, so there's only one dude left alive. There is. Uh, there is one who is fighting Agnes uh, huh. and Tarkal, which you can't huh. see because of the Wall of Fire. Uh, right. And then there is this sergeant fellow um, who is also standing. Uh, and then there's one other guy with you that is just barely alive. Who, how close? Who seems heavily injured. How close is the sergeant fellow? Uh, five feet. He's he's part of the ones who's right next to you. I'm gonna point at him and cast Toll of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do I need to do? Tell me. Uh, wisdom save of thirteen. Um. It's gonna be fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I'm afraid. Darn it! But he still takes one d8 of necrotic damage. No, no, nothing happens. Darn. Okay, no problem. So that's, you kind of, uh, what does it look like when you do the bell? Because obviously lightning, right? I imagine, but what's this toll the dead, the toll the dead like? Uh, it's I I point at him and kind of in the distance, everybody can hear like these faint bells ringing and kind of mm. lightning cracks from my finger, but sadly nothing happens. It's like, <laughs> one, it's like snap of thunder, but nothing happens. Nothing, nothing happens. Um, you just see him kind of grit his teeth and kind of slap his head a few times, like something's trying to affect his life force or something, but he just kind of snarls um, uh, as he does so. Uh, the two remaining ones, Agnes, uh, one of them will take a mighty swing at you, seeing you conjure this wall of fire. Just like, I'll kill you for that. Oh, foul sorcery. Um, as he calls out, uh, striking towards you for a 12 to hit. Uh, that does not. Oh, actually, sorry. Just... Oh, I what? forgot he gets an extra D4 because of his sergeant. Uh, that's only a 14. Uh, that does hit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I used to use 13. So, spurred on by his sergeant who is still alive, uh, he manages to strike a, a blow for seven points of bludgeoning damage. This mace Ow! swings past. Um, and then the last one, uh, who is with Marcel and you guys, uh, will try and strike at Marcel okay. for a 21 to hit. Yes, that hits. <laughs> uh, it's going to be 10 points of bludgeoning damage, Marcel, as they kind of get these blows in. And you can see that the fight around you, this big unit uh, battle, this skirmish, heavily going in your force's favor. Um, the only thing that's kind of letting you down is um, Ilaris, who is strong. She can't command. Like, she's trying to give orders, but this wound, she's kind of having to press to her neck. So the units are kind of scrabbling around on their own. But the Wall of Fire has given them ample opportunity to just... You see some of them just shoving the bandits onto the other side of the wall. Like, they're just kind of ganging up and, like, like shoulder barging them into the Wall of Fire. Um, and you see screaming, flaming bandits emerge from the other side as they do so. Um... Uh, the archer is dead, so we go to Tarkle uh, in the, uh, a new round. Uh, okay, so uh, Agnes and I are still within melee range of the one that struck her, right? Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, okay. he's he's the one, the only one that's really threatening you guys at the moment. Okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and take my redraw my kiss of silver and just go mm -hmm. to kind of do like a cross uh, by his neck, um, sure. which which I believe I should get advantage still because uh, you attack. have an. 
uh you don't get the advantage because of the assassin thing but you would get sneak attack because agnes is within five feet of him yes okay so one so no advantage see. but yeah gotcha. but if you hit you get sneak attack uh 18 plus 7 25 yeah that's a hit <laughs> yeah that's a hit uh, so i'll do the d4 which another one so the first part is five and then four d6 Uh, not as much. Six, ten, so fifteen total damage. Fifteen. I mean, this guy is barely alive. Like the 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 cut across his neck, like just arterial sprays everywhere. You can see him stumbling around, but he's yeah, barely hanging on. Um. Uh. And you see panic in his eyes, and he's just looking around. You know, was that the one that was on me? Him. That is yes. Yeah. Okay. So he. So looks some blood terrified. gets on me. Ugh probably a little bit yeah Ugh. probably just a little kind of splattering from like as he's like ah and it sprays out but luckily it's your turn now agnes unless there's anything shady you want to do uh the only thing i want to do is i think tarko would call out finish him and then i'm going to use my bonus action to uh disengage so that i can mm -hmm. run 30 feet towards uh my companions that are towards the bridge sure. okay so you kind of abandon agnes and leave her to the very injured the, the hands of this very injured thug and yeah you sprint away uh, you kind of have to skirt around the wall of fire but you see the sight uh, of azara lightning bolting several of them to smoldering corpses uh, just as you round the corner uh, agnes did, uh so i'm still concentrating on the fire the wall of fire you did you should have made a concentration check for me please okay because you got hit for some damage so it's a con saving throw please on saving throw gets an 18 18 is enough, yeah. It was DC 10. It was cool. not very hard. Um, yeah, has so anyone started anyone started their turn or will still be starting their turn? Like, is this still worthwhile to keep concentrating? Yeah, roll the damage. Five... Absolutely. Okay. Roll the damage. Uh, because this if this is high enough, it's pretty much gonna wipe out the the unit that's assaulting your forces. Um 23, 24 fire damage on that okay. wave. So with that, you see with one more sort of like woof, uh, flash of this 10 foot of, of wall of fire, um, the remaining troops that were kind of fighting your units have been scattered to the wind. They have broken their morale and you see them rushing up to the mountains and into the forest, just trying to get away from this uh, conflagration that you've summoned. Um, you do also see that the, the bridge, like timbers are starting to crack and break um, parts of it are now sort of like scorched with blackened wood uh, as you do so. Um, and then um, the, let's see. That's not my action for this time though, because that was just the that's concentration. That's just maintaining the concentration. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have um, a full action. The guy was still in front of me. It's in your face. Um, so I'm going to take my bonus action first, if that's okay. okay. And yep. my fire spirit is going to use fiery teleportation. I'm just going to flip the guy off and then poof, in a in a like burst of flames, poof Very back nice. to the rest of my companions. And he yep. takes, um, he has to succeed on a deck saving throw with DC 15. He does yep. not succeed. So he takes 1d6 plus three fire damage. Hey, guess what? You don't even need to roll. This guy had two hit points left. So you watch as you kind of like, <laughs> Whoosh, uh, you know, water tribe out. Um, this rupture of explosion of fire surrounds him. You just hear this kind of Wilhelm ah! as this <laughs> fire just scorches over his body, and you appear uh, with your companions, uh, seeing the last remnants of this resistance of this uh, attempted ambush uh, before you. Uh, so that's your bonus action. You still uh -huh. have a move and an action left. 
Um, and there's there's no one left to fight. You said they're all kind of gone. There's there's two guys. There's the sergeant and one more minion. Um, they don't look particularly happy about what's happened. Um, and now that the, all of their forces are breaking, you can see that panic in that setting in their eyes. But they are still standing. Um, I'm gonna see... cast ice knife at them. Um, and the way so as a point. Knife... Yeah. Marcel and Azara are both next to Oh, them. dang so if, it. Then never if mind. An AOE, yeah, I was going to say, I, I know it's got an that. AOE. You guys are in my way. <sighs> so imagine um, they've got like this little melee now where it's these two enemies and then you've got Marcel and Azara next to them. Uh, and then behind them is this wall of fire kind of silhouetting it very beautifully in, in flame um, as this burning bridge collapses into the river. Okay. That poor um, bridge. It's probably not that bad. It's All right, then I'll just seconds. step back from 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 my nice little vantage point and just scorching ray <laughs> with little finger sure, guns. Yeah. Go for um, it. So that's a uh, ranged spell attack. Yeah, and that's going to be please, please, please. So you get three of these if you're casting at second level, um, and they each do two d six. But you have to roll for hit for each one. Twenty two is the first one. Which is that against? Is that against the more senior looking guy or the minion looking guy? The one that's on Azara. So that would be the sergeant looking guy, I think. I think. Oh no, he yeah, sure. We'll say sergeant. Okay. Um, so should I do his damage right away? Yeah, yeah. If you would it's 2D one race, six. it's two D six. Yep. He takes seven. Seven points of fire damage. The second Next attack team. is a nineteen, so also on him. Say so it hits. Yep. They actually have the same AC, so Okay. And he takes ten. 10 points so you watch as like one streaking you know lance of fire engulfs his shoulder extends him stumbling back the next one catches his face and all of it begins burning and you hear the kind of sizzle of, of unfortunately uh flesh being burnt uh Is third he still one standing he's barely but yes all right i'll take him i'll take him down oh uh oh i roll a nine that time that is not gonna be enough so it's a yeah. pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it kind of Arches into the into the river, and you see steam beginning to pour away as this this lance of fire uh, scorches its way through the waters. Um, but I, I wave at Azara. Turn. Here, there you go. I got you with my magic. I'm helping you. Just like blatantly ignoring <laughs> Marcel. All right, so there's still two guys on us, correct? T two. Well, I mean, like maybe like one and a half men really because one of them has been severely burnt and beaten up uh, and lightning bolted but yes there are still two enemies surviving next to you okay so on one of them uh let's go with whoever is looking less roughed up what, okay what, yeah whichever... so that's the minion guy yeah the the whole man not the half man yeah <laughs> uh i'm gonna go ahead and cast firebolt on him okay uh, they are next to you, so you would be at disadvantage because it's a ranged attack. Since when? Since always, Nathan. I'm afraid wow. that if you have an enemy <laughs> next to you, if you have an enemy within five feet of you and you use a ranged attack, you have disadvantage, I'm afraid. So the first one's a 15. Okay. The second one is a 19. Okay, the 15 is just enough that it doesn't hit him. He manages to throw himself to the side as this bolt of fire poof, launches past his shoulder. 
Okay, cool. Well, with my war magic, if I use a cantrip for my action, I can use my bonus action to attack anyway. There you so, go. Fuck him. I'm going to swing, swing my with sword the blade. Down. Yep. Uh, so that. Okay. That's a 16. That is exactly what you need to hit this guy. So the sword, the enchanted blade comes uh, swinging up and cutting in. Uh, mm -hmm. Roll the damage for me, my friend. Do I get. Uh, versatility on this if you are using it two-handed if you don't have a shield then yeah you can be using it two-handed i literally have no shield then you can you might you would make sense that you use it in two hands so that is a d10 uh 10 total 10 total oh so you watch as this deep cut kind of ruptures through parts of you see kind of um, links of chainmail go spilling out as you cut this deep blade and, and the, the enchanted edge cuts through the armor. Um, and yeah, it just kind of streaks through. Uh, still standing, but again, you can see him now clutching his side. He turns around, he's like, we gotta get out of here, boss. We, we need to get back. Tell him what happened. Um, as you can see, the the just the panic and morale break in this man. Uh, like, he does oh, so. no, no, you're dying today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else, Marcel? No, that'll be it. Okay. <laughs> The the sergeant looking fellow, uh, uh, he kind of like he's like yeah oh, you. He looks at the the minion. He's like you you effing coward. I'll stay until our fight. I won't let these. I won't let you take my lord's lands. And he just goes to swing in towards Marcel with a big great axe. Basically, uh, that's a natural twenty. I'm afraid. Nathan. I'm so sorry. Bring it on. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Uh, this is pretty meaty because this is a great axe as well. So bring it on. <laughs> At least it wasn't me. That is going to be. Let me just check his strength modifier. Twenty-one <laughs> points of damage as this big great axe comes cleaving down in this rage-filled strike. You know, he's just, just like ah, uh, brings it down in a sweeping blow. Um, Azara, Ow. it's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, you know what? Screw it. At the at fourth level, I'm going to cast Witch's Bolt at this big, beefy, axe-wielding-looking okay. fellow. That um, save? No, that's just that's just a a sweet roll right there. Oh wait, is that's there? It's going to be the same same thing for Nate. If you attack with a ranged spell and they're within five feet, it's disadvantage on the attack roll. Oh, it is. So you then can I, move away, but you'll get an attack of opportunity, but then you'll be able to cast a spell with normal. I take it back. I'm going to use my bonus action first. Okay. And cast Dragon's Breath on myself. Okay. Yep. And uh, yep. yeah. And then as my action at the fourth level, I will breathe lightning breath on mm -hmm. this man. Yeah. And I'll say you can aim the cone so you don't catch any of your companions. You yes. can kind of turn it so you can... I would like to specifically... Is the other man also in this breath? Or is it just sure. one man? Yeah, no, I'll say you can get both because he was attacking you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can I get would, both. I would like to uh, to fry both of them okay. pretty please. It's a dex of 13. Lightning still... breath sounds terrifying. It is. It does it crackly. have a scent? Does it have like... What is it? What does lightning breath smell like? It oddly smells like cinnamon. <laughs> Okay. Um, that was so, a very fast response. You had thought about that before. <laughs> okay. Beautiful cinnamon, cinnamon scent uh, wafts over as this cacophony of sparks and thunder and lightning emerges out. 
Uh, the sergeant failed. Ooh. The remaining chap did succeed, but he's going to take half damage. Uh, it's so, yikes he's anyway. Very That's injured. 10, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, plus two. So 22 lightning damage. Mika, <sighs> what, does it, what does it look like when you fry these guys? Because you fry <laughs> So <laughs> It's just... So infuriated that we've just arrived and Azara's already been hit. Her dress is ripped. This is not going well. She just turns on these two. Her eyes already with draconian pupils glow white as she just breathes this terrifying crackling lightning from her breath. And she almost screams a little bit. It's kind of sounds like, like a sireny screech, oddly with a faint smell of cinnamon. And <laughs> until the it. last spit of lightning is out, she's just angrily screeching. And when she's done and they're burned to a crisp, she just like takes her little <laughs> shawl and wipes the corner of her mouth. <laughs> And you just watch as their bodies just slump to the ground, smoking and charred. Um, with that, we're out of initiative as uh, the forces that were engaging your units have broken and fled. Maybe a couple of them have survived, but not many, and they flee into the woods or the mountains. Um, without their without their blade captain, the soldiers don't pursue. Um, several of them rush towards, the, towards her and are checking her. The others are kind of just securing the perimeter, not quite sure what to do. Uh, and then they're all looking at the big bridge, which is still kind of some parts of it are very much on fire. Um, and yeah, uh, what do you guys do uh, as we leave initiative? Um, is anyone very, very hurt, like in need of immediate healing? <laughs> me, <laughs> me, I am. Here, let me help you. And I cast cure wounds on you. Uh, Reluctantly, I will bow and and a very genuine, but in my I know it's not genuine smile. I'm like, thank you, Your Grace. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, cast no. it oh, no. at um. I'm gonna cast it at second level, so it's two okay. d eight plus four, so okay. that's eleven points of healing. Oh, beautiful, um, thank you. You see, when you, you begin weaving this healing spell, one of the, the young squires, the one that was carrying your horse earlier, Agnes, is like, M my lady, if you can heal, uh, Blade Captain, it's pretty bad. Uh, we've, we've done what we can to stop the bleeding, but if you could help. Of course. And I go to Alyssa, right? Yeah, il yeah, Ilessa. Il Ilessa. I keep forgetting, but Ilessa, yeah. Uh, and she kind of looks up at you and you can see she's like, the, the color is drained out of her skin. She was kind of a pale green. Now it's almost white. Um, mm -hmm. And she's, you know, the, there's blood splattered all over her, her, her throat. Um, and she's, my lady, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll cast second level for her too. Okay. And you watch as the, the flesh begins to knit back together. Some color returns to her cheeks as she kind of looks up to you. Uh, she gets 10. Okay. That's enough that, yeah, she's... <laughs> Thank you, my lady. And you can see she's probably going to have bear like quite a bad scar along her neck because it looked like the blade was shoved in and then twisted and, and ripped down. Um, but yeah, she's going to have a bad scar, but she's like, <laughs> and she like starts looking around and she, and she, what are you lot waiting for? Get buckets. Stop putting the bridge out now. Um, and she begins calling orders. You three, look and see if you can track where they went. We need to find out where they're going and where they came from. <clears throat> my apologies, my lady. Sorry to shout in your presence. Uh, but we need to find out what those, who they were, what they wanted, what what was what happened. Make sure you get some rest. Thank you for your service, and that scar is going to look 
Awesome. Uh, th thank you, my lady. But yes, uh, perhaps when we can get to Evening Star, although it looks like we might need to wade across the river now. Uh, and you see like several of the planks like crack, split, fall in the, the river. <laughs> As you see knights like, like buckets, like <gasps> trying to put it out. <laughs> what about the rest of you? I think uh, I'd, I'd go over to Alessa. Alessa, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Alessa. Oh Alessa, yeah. Alessa, Alessa. I went over to Alessa and I, and I asked, um, do you know anything of Thornhand? Those, those thugs had mentioned that Thornhand would pay a price. I, I, my apologies, my lord. Uh, I've mainly been training in Sezail. I've not, Arabelle a little bit, but I've not really left. I, I don't know much about these country thugs and bandits. Normally these aren't a problem. The high road is... Well, normally the garrison at Evening Star would, would easily take care of these kind of folks. I, I worry that something might have happened to the garrison. I'm afraid it's not a name I know, though. I'm, I'm sorry, my lord. Sorry, we'll have to ask when we get to Evening Star. I think Are that, any of I think them left best. alive? Is there anyone fleeing? Uh, there were definitely some fleeing, yeah. You're, you, you, Lesser has sent some of the forces to try and chase them down, but they've kind of vanished into the hills and the woods. But they're going to try and see if they can capture anybody. But the ones that you guys fought, yeah, no, sadly, they were... Yeah, you did not seem to be holding back against your ambushes. Uh, I just affirm that I'm like, if you can capture anyone, we need to question them. Of course, my lady. Of course. Would I know anything about Thornhand? Uh, you can make a... Do you want to make a history check for me? I would like to make... Is it possible to make an Arcana check or does it have to be history? You can make an Arcana check and if, that will basically be if you succeed and there's anything magical about it, then I'll tell you. But if it's not inherently magical, you just won't know anything. Um, Marcella, like Nate, if you want to make any checks about stuff like this as well, feel free to jump in. But you might I'm gonna want to make an arcana different. check because they said sure. mages, so yeah, yeah. Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18. There's no, you, you can't think of anything specifically like spells. There's a few nature themed spells around thorns, wall of thorns, that sort of thing. You're trying to think, cast your mind back. Are there any famous mages named Thornhand? Mm -hmm. You can't think of anything. The only thing that kind of strikes you, the only thing that maybe tickles at the back of your brain is it's the kind of name that people sometimes give to things like dragons or other creatures that have natural elements, you know, uh -huh. thorn hand, thorn fang, stuff like that. Is It's quite similar in those naming concepts. Okay. Um, you don't know of any dragons called thorn hand or any other, you know, arch fae called that. But it's the kind of thing that a fey creature might be known as, or a dragon might be called by by followers or worshippers. Um, yeah, no solid answers, but maybe a theory begins right. to develop. Then I'll just but make a you note. You don't know if that's true. I'll make a note to look that up when we get to sure. town, look in the libraries and such. But for mm -hmm. now, I guess uh, just kind of using mage hand to like bring buckets of water to the bridge <laughs> and just kind of standing there watching and, you know. Telling the bucket Crackling. what to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, anything, Marcel, or, or anything, uh, Anna, anything else? So at this point, we're, are we pretty decided that we're going to, like, basically just cross, wade through the river, and then continue on? No decisions being made, but you could certainly make that order. You could be like, right, come on, we've got to get a move on. Let's circle up and wade across. More or less, if I've assessed everyone's in... Good enough traveling condition. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess before yeah. we go, I would I would just try a quick investigation to see if I notice any clues that are left. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you want to make an investigation check for me, Anna, um, as you say that, Marcel, as you kind of speak that, Ilessa does basically begin getting the, the soldiers to muster. She just turns to you and says, uh, <clears throat> Minister, I, I might, I'd like to leave maybe a couple of my men behind. The ones that I sent out after the ambushes, the ones that got away, it would be good just to leave somebody behind so that they know, you know, we're not just leaving them on their own. That's all right. She's not really, uh, she's not like, you don't command her. So she's kind of like, this is my suggestion. What do you think? It's just kind of like, this seems to be of no consequence to me. So be it. All right. She kind of like, you do see that she narrows her eyes a little bit at you. Like, mm, this mercenary, you're not a knight. You don't know. Mm, but you seem capable. Uh, but yeah, she, she does as suggested. Uh, Anna, investigation check you were making. 16. 16. There's a couple of things, a couple of things that you notice. And um, yeah, I think, you know, maybe if you if you had focused on like the bodies when you were first approaching, you might have spotted this before anybody else. Um, the bodies of the thugs that were all face down, you turn them over and you can see that their bodies are much, much older. They've actually already started decomposing. Um, there's quite a smell to them as you get closer. It very much looks like this was very clearly set up as an ambush quite recently like this was the bodies are old and they've been dragged here and dressed up and disguised to lure in maybe a military force like they use the knights purposely to to draw in your own units so that they could ambush them mm. um there's there are footprints but they're you know rain you know maybe last night's rain has kind of made them hard to follow they're kind of all over the place um the bridge has been intentionally sabotaged if you had tried to cross it with the whole force it would have collapsed mm, um sending see? most of your units into the into the river um yeah like this was very clearly set up as an ambush and quite a cunning one at that uh, whoever did this probably knew you were coming so it's good that i burned the bridge so that nobody else walks across it treacherously that is absolutely what agnes can believe yes that is mm -hmm. absolutely what agnes can believe i think <laughs> Azara and Marcel might recognize the fact that it would have been far easier to fix their sabotage than building a whole new section of bridge. But Agnes can believe what Agnes wants to believe. Yeah. Um, and these bodies, is there anything about them that tells me where these bodies came from? Like, we know that you said yeah. that there were forces that, yeah. that we would have assumed the Stationed garrison would have here. gotten them. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these look like Comirian knights you know you can tell by they've had like cloaks and things thrown over them but these these look like you know young knights that were stationed here probably quite a few of them maybe look like laborers or farmers as well um you know quite muscular men and women that were probably captured and killed for fighting back um but yeah i share all this information with everyone especially marcel as he's kind of supposed to be the 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 military guy Great. No, not great. Specifically the opposite of great. Do you understand what I'm telling you? That's it. <laughs> Agnes is just staring at him and kind of like, okay, well, anyway, Azara, did you hear all that? And as Azara is just kind of like commanding the bucket, yes, yes, we'll keep an eye out, dangers and such. She's just focusing on trying to put out this mess. Agnes looks yeah. at Tarkal like, 
like why is nobody listening to me do you feel like this is important I, I definitely feel like this is important i don't understand why no one is taking this seriously okay this is our this was our first encounter as uh, with these positions sometimes i just feel crazy among people like this so i'm i'm glad we at least <laughs> see eye to eye here and that, that whole be. nightcrawler thing you did was pretty incredible back there by the way it was Marcellus, we're, we're taking no, this seriously. Me. There's just no reason to sit around and dawdle about it. Can we go now? What he said. We are ready, uh, my lord and lady. The men are ready to cross. Uh, we're going to get a little bit wet. Uh, Magister Azara, I can, you could mount the horse and I can try and keep you from the water. I will do my best. As that sentence is being said, Azara is already heading towards the horse. Elissa <laughs> <laughs> looks... Uh, she gestures Baron and Baroness, of course. Uh, the horses are, are there for you as well if you wish to use them. Um, Minister as well. She gestures towards the horses, uh, which will prevent any of you from getting wet. Uh, the soldiers, however, are not so fortunate. Uh, My uh, fire spirit's still soaring around. Yeah. They stay for an hour. So. Okay. So yeah, so uh, without any further complications, yeah, you guys mount up and ford the river um it is quite fast moving but with enough forces it's easy to do go on anna uh, i was gonna say that uh agnes doesn't want to like put herself above the the foot soldiers by like mm -hmm. riding the horses she also doesn't particularly want to get wet so she's gonna use fiery teleportation to just pff, across <laughs> yeah sure. okay. she'll walk yeah. down so the river a little bit though so that the fire doesn't hurt anybody but okay yeah so you kind of do that and jump across mm -hmm. with magic yeah, yeah. sure um uh, and yeah yeah with the group of you you do think that the, the soldiers are kind of like impressed by they certainly are very impressed by all four of you and your fighting skills there's definitely a kind of sense of like fucking hell like we're really lucky that we were with them like they would have been you know probably killed if you guys hadn't been there um and so there is a sense of appreciation as you guys make your way uh crossing the river and the last few hours like the last couple of hours before you arrive at evening star as soon as you hit the outskirts, um, you see wood and stone thatch buildings, farmhouses, uh, dozens of orchards and uh, farms all scattered around the village itself. The crowd begins to gather as you and your forces are making your way through. People, families begin coming out of their townhouses. They look scared. They're clutching things, uh, hatchets and knives. Um, they've got barricades over their windows, um, and there's relief. You see their their faces light up as they see the military forces being led uh, by four kind of standout individuals. The group and the crowd begins to gather more and more as you approach the, the center of the village. There are no walls in Evening Stars, just a collection of buildings. Um, you estimate that there's probably about 800 people that live here, but they're all spread out amongst these farms and, and outer buildings. Um, the buildings, as you get closer to the center of the village, do get more elaborate, uh, better well-made, more stone construction, less kind of thatch and wood. Uh, and you can see that a very large village square with paved stones, delightful little patches of flowers and stone sculptures have been scattered around. There's a couple of main buildings. You see what appears to be a, a, a tavern uh, called the, Lo uh, the Lonesome Tankard. Um, its windows have been boarded up. It looks shut, closed down maybe. Uh, there also appears to be a delightful bakery uh, in the town, although it is also currently closed. 
Um, the bakery in is called, it has a sign out front called the Sweet Star Bakery. Um, and then there is also a large estate house, uh, which has got a actual iron fence around it. And that is where you can see a lot of people have gathered. Makeshift barricades of barrels and crates um, have been stacked around to create a perimeter. And you can see that there are various townsfolk clutching longbows and hatchets and a few rusted swords um, that have formed a kind of rudimentary militia uh, to protect themselves. Um, you begin to hear whispers from the crowd. Uh, They've come to help us. Uh, they may be no better than that coward even hand. They look a bit young, don't they? As you kind of hear all these different whispers as you're making your way down. Um, but a figure calls out when he sees you. A purple-skinned tiefling with a purple horn, uh, with a broken horn, sorry, uh, seems to see you from across the crowd and jumps over the barricade and makes his way towards you. Uh, kind of as he arrives, he bows deep. You can see he's dressed almost like a tailor, you know, very well-cut vest, um, fine buttons, a little bit tattered, a bit dirty perhaps now, um, but he's trying to keep himself looking as presentable as he can. Uh, he has a cane, uh, walks with an ever-so-slight limp, um, and he bows deep. Ah, you've arrived, thank goodness. Oh, thank, thank all the gods you've arrived. My good counsel, my lord, my lady. Um, we're very pleased to see you. We wasn't sure if you got our latest message about the bandits that had been attacking the town. We weren't sure if you would arrive in time. Um, my forgiveness, forgive me. My name is Dusk. I am the Seneschal here. I've been assigned to assist you with getting Evening Star back on its feet. Um, please, I, I, I've got some rooms prepared in the estate house for you. Uh, the best that I can manage, I'm afraid. Uh, we have some rations and things like, things like that. You must be tired after the journey. Please, please, we, I can have some people take care of your horses in the meantime. What's a seneschal? A seneschal is basically he acts as the a seneschal. He or she acts as the liaison between the serfs, the peasant class, and nobles and knights. It's his job to basically take care of stuff, and you guys just make the decisions. So if you guys wanted to build something, he would be the one who sources the carpenters and the wood, and you just give him the money. You just be like, "Here's the money. We want you to build this," and he'd go and organize that. Likewise, if you wanted to recruit army units, he could help you do that. Um, he'll also come to you. This is going to be a, an NPC that you'll probably speak to a lot. He'll come to you if there's any problems in the town. If there's any problems in the area, he'll come and basically say, like, I need you to make a decision on this. I need you to decide what happens to this person or that person or what we're going to do about this problem. Uh, if this was a video game, this is the guy who's just like, greetings, my lord. Here are this <laughs> month's problems. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how it's going to work. He's the bulletin board. He is, okay. yeah, but he's... He's also uh, kind of like the in-game menu where you just put money yeah. in and stuff happens. <laughs> Very much so. He's, that is his entire purpose. But yeah, he's and this is kind of a, a very prestigious role amongst um, lower-born sort of like cast. Uh, this is something he's probably worked at. Um, normally people who are quite clever, who have a lot of political understanding, make it as seneschals. Um, so this is probably a good guy to talk to if there's any questions about how things work or, you know, local areas or rival lords or anything like that that you want to know about um yeah can he doesn't I, go before on. he ushers, ushers us into the house can i like mm -hmm. put a hand on his shoulder and say thank you oh, you've, done, you've done fantastic work here may i address the people quickly uh, of course they would be delighted to hear from you uh, it's been a it's been very tough you uh, the last 10 day has been extremely difficult the thorn hand has been a, a menace 
So yes, indeed, please, please do. Uh, I, I'll gather them for you. Uh, there's a few on the Outer Lion farms. I'll send some. I'll send some children to go and fetch them. Uh, and he rushes off, and he's just like, "You boy, come here. Send word to the the Pickering. Send word to the Hoopers. We need to bring them into the village. Uh, the Baroness wishes to speak with them." Um, and they, the boy, the children are all like, "Oh yes, yes, Seneschal." And they scatter off. He probably gives them a couple of like little brass uh, copper pennies, um, and they just they go scattering off. Uh, and within she's... a oh. Go on. Go no, 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 to no. say before she speaks, I want to use Mage Hand to like pull a crate over, and then Minor Illusion to like set a spotlight above her, just so people <laughs> to make sure that people pay uh, attention. Nice. It's kind of setting uh, the stage for for my yeah, Baroness. Absolutely. And <laughs> as soon as you conjure this magic, Azara, there are all these people, and they're kind of you know you you guys have been to Ren fairs. <laughs> these, these guys look like peasants at Ren fairs. They've got like the little hats and you know the long tunics and things like that. And they are they are watching in amazement. Even just these little cantrips, like as soon as you move the crate, there is a kind of like, <gasps> oh, uh, and then there's a few things, and you, the, the kids are just like, oh my god, it's a war wizard, um, and you can hear them all kind of talking excitedly to each other, and this light shines down, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you bring that, and then eventually all the the crowd is gathered in the town square, um, and yeah. Uh, Agnes, you are you are given a, a prominent position from which to deliver a, a good bit of speech. I pull Tarkal up onto the crate with me, like without even explaining to him what we're doing. I'm just like, come on, come on, come on. Oh God, yeah, I just, I reluctantly, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Okay, okay. People of Evening Star, you have done well and created a beautiful town. We come not as your rulers, not as someone to tell you what to do with your place, but as your protectors, your servants, we're here to help. I'm sorry for the, the pain that you've endured at the hand of these brigands. We will protect you as is our sworn duty. And then she steps down. There's, there's a moment of pause and there's a lot of very confused faces, but then uh, Dusk is like, very well spoken, my lady. And they're like, oh, yeah, just cheat you. There's like a big <laughs> cheer that goes out um, as they kind of don't really understand. Uh, but yeah, there's the protect the, the whole thing about protecting them and dealing with these brigands. Like, there's relief washes over them. Is Tarko still with, standing on the crate? Well, that's, uh, I was going to say, is Tarko going to add anything or do you just yeah. kind of. No, I think, I think Tarko, yeah, he's, he's looking around since uh, Agnes just got down and left. Uh, uh, we we killed we killed a bunch of Thornhand outside the village, and if any of them come near, they will be dead. And then he steps down. <laughs> nice. So that kind of that kind of speaking to them, there's a bunch of like burly like men and women who are like yeah, <laughs> and they're like you know like kind of saying all of this stuff like good kill kill them. We want to see them dead. And they're kind of cheering. Um, and I think that that is probably the best point for us to finish our first episode here, of Knights of Evening Star, with you guys ah! having. I know it's it's gone so fast. It's oh, literally yeah, I checked yeah, the time what? and we were running a bit over. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, you guys. That's so uh, fun. Ah! We will pick things back up next week uh, as you guys formulate what you want to do, how you want to handle this this situation. Maybe talk to Dusk and get uh, some, you know, the situation and what's going down. Um, and then yeah, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, guys, thank you so much uh, oh, for playing. Thank you. This has yeah. been awesome. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. Guys, we this... have so much DIY to do. Like, we should just go watch HGTV and get some ideas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Dude, I can't. Now a that. week is too long to wait for next session. I agree, Lily. <laughs> oh. Well, oh, we and... should do shout outs really quick before we yes. 
go. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, Anna, take us away. We'll we'll start with you and we'll throw it around. Great. Uh you can find me at Anna Prosser almost everywhere. Also on Thursday, I'll be doing another role-playing show on my own channel slash Anna Prosser on uh, Twitch. And that is a Star Wars-based TTRPG, so you can find me there. And also, uh, for everyone who is going to be asking, you can watch the VOD of this uh, episode on Twitch on slash D&D, and you can also find it um, should be by tomorrow on the D&D YouTube. So you can check it out there. Uh, a lot of people are asking about a podcast. No leads on that right now, but you can also turn off the video of Twitch and YouTube and listen to it like a podcast if you want. Okay. I tag Mika. Oh, hi. Uh, you can find me at Mika Burton pretty much anywhere. Um, I won't be doing much this week other than sleeping and petting my dog, but you can go to uh, Rini's Instagram to look at pictures of her. So I'm going to plug my dog's Instagram. <laughs> Very suitable use of the time. Very thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to tag Shady. Hey guys, I'm Shady and I'm still going to be on the internet. Uh, actually, tomorrow morning, you can catch me on my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Shady Penguin. And then tomorrow, uh, Thursday evening, you can catch me playing more D&D. Uh, follow me on Twitter and you'll get to see where that is because that's the easiest way to know what I'm doing with my life. Nate, you're my friend. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> that, I'm so stoked about that. Oh, Side note. Um, hi, Nathan Sharp. Nate wants to battle. I don't really have much going on right now. So uh, I'll I'll throw it over to Mark. Very much. Uh, uh, yeah, you can check out uh, Sherlock Humes, Sherlock underscore Humes, I think in most places, Twitch and Twitter and all that good stuff. But the main thing for me is if you'd like to see more of me DMing, uh, check out my D&D show, High Rollers D&D. Um, it's UK time, so it's 5 p.m. on a Sunday over on twitch.tv forward slash High Rollers D&D. Um, you can also watch us. We've just started doing a Curse of Strahd campaign with very big changes, very big changes. Um, and that's on Thursdays at 8 p.m. UK time, twitch.tv forward slash High Rollers D&D as well. Um, you can watch me GMing on there as well. Uh, and we'll be back next week for more nights of evening star as well and we can and special kick shout off out thanks whole... to white text friend name dave friend. now white we... text friend thank you white, white text friend. friend is named dave so thank you dave all right sure thanks dave um and yeah that's that's pretty much it so thank you so much everybody for watching and enjoying this premiere episode uh, and we'll get back to kingdom management next week bye <laughs>